0: My title is given to me through a former Red Hot Chili Pepper song. (laughs) Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, give it away, give it away, give it away, away. give it away now. Matthew 17, verse 24. Oh, thank you, Lord. I can't hardly hear the song that John and the team sang for offering without uh, coming to a place of tears and being moved in my heart. That is a song that they were playing in 1995 in Gatlinburg, Tennessee when Tom Madden and the leadership had Winterfest in downtown Gatlinburg. Campus choir was singing, Lead me, Lord, and I will follow. I'll never forget being on the back row. Crawling all the way to the front on my knees. Weeping every way, all the way. And I told the Lord when I was 15 years old, if you'll lead me, I'll follow you. And you know, sometimes God just wants to know he still has that yes in you. Can we give him one more yes today? Come on, if you've ever said, I'm not just talking about saying it out of your mouth, but... If you've ever said, you can have me, just lead me, Lord. If you've ever said it, but you feel that way again this morning, can you just lift your hands before we read the scripture? And can you say, Lord, you still have me. You still have me. You can still do what you want to do in my life and take me where you want to take me. You can still lead me where you want to lead me, Lord. I'm not my own, God. I'm not my own have your way in my life come on worshipers for a minute I'm not just trying to do something personally I'm going to invite somebody just before we preach today Lord you can have my life you can can use me Lord you can do whatever you want to do in my life you still have a yes in me Jesus (laughs) thank you Lord Matthew 17 Matthew 17 verse 24 when you got it say amen When they had come to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax came to Peter and said, Does your teacher not pay the temple tax? He said, Yes. And when he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him, saying, What do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take customs or taxes? From their sons or from their strangers? Peter said to him, From strangers? Jesus said to him, then sons are free. How many of your thankful sons are free? Amen. Nevertheless, lest we offend them, go to the sea. Cast in a hook and take the fish that comes up first. Say first. And when you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and for you. Say, for me and for you. Look at your neighbor and say, for me and for you. Mm -hmm. I want to preach today on give it away, give it away, give it away, give it away now. Pray for me, Lord. I'm praying for them because I love them. And I'm grateful, Lord, that you brought them on this rainy day into this house to hear the word of the Lord. And I am thankful, oh God, that someone today is moving from glory to another glory, from level to another level. Not by mental ascension, but by the word of the Lord. I am grateful today, Lord, that their hearts are going to be washed. It is the word of the Lord that is it washes us like taking a bath. Your word washes us today. So clean us today because there's some people in here that have got some stains on their garments. The week has been rough. They've fallen. Some of them have tripped. Some of them have jumped into the puddle. However we got dirty, I'm thankful that grace came to clean us up today. And I thank you that there's no hopeless situation in this house. That no matter how jacked up and messed up somebody may feel, your goodness is flowing like a river. You are better to us than we deserve. Your yes is bigger than the devil's no over our life. And we are thankful today, oh God, for what you're getting ready to do in this house. Bless every saint and every sinner. And I pray today you will save anyone lost. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen and amen. Look at your neighbor on the way down. Tell them, neighbor, you look very, very nice today. So this is an interesting story before us. I'm just going to be completely transparent and honest and tell you that I thought I was through with the series on fishing. This was not on my radar, but as I eased into this week and Devin and I, you know, we talk about things the Lord is saying in scriptures all the time, and she started talking to me about this scripture, and I started reading it a little deeper, and God started talking to me out of it. She got me just interested enough in it to make me study it, and then bailed out on me and didn't help me develop it at all, hardly, and that's unfortunate because she has an ear for revelation, amen? Amen. (laughs) but i started looking at this text and i i was intrigued because it is the only time in scripture that jesus ever commanded his disciples to go fishing with the hook i have preached my entire life on the net fishing jesus commands and you know about net fishing. When you go net fishing, you get to control, you don't get to control what gets in the net. Everything in the water could jump in the net. Red, yellow, black, white, rich, poor, young, old, all kind of fish come into the net when you throw the net out. If you know what I'm talking about, say amen. In fact, we've talked about a lot in our church, this is a net church. We're not going fishing with a hook because if you go fishing with a hook, you're trying to catch a certain kind of people. And we're not trying to catch a certain kind of people. We're trying to catch everybody in Chattanooga. No matter where they came from, what they look like, we're trying to tell everybody this is a house of love and there's room at the table for you and your family if you want to come join us. We'd, we'd be delighted to have you. This is a, different, a very different instruction here. And it's all, it all begins with the temple tax collectors who came to Peter's house in Capernaum. Now, you need to understand this was not civil tax. Okay, this was not like Uncle Sam and Washington. That would have been Rome. And what is unique about this story to me is that Matthew is the only one who tells it. Luke. Mark and John do not tell the story about the temple tax. Only Matthew tells the story about the temple tax. And how many remember Matthew is a tax collector? (laughs) And because he's a tax collector, something about this miracle reminds us, or it reminded him of the miracle-working power of God in even... The strangest situations, and this is a very unique situation because Peter is at his house and the folk come by and watch this. They're not just wanting him to pay the tax, they're wanting to inquire and investigate if Jesus pays the temple tax. Now you know there's some nosy people in the kingdom of God. You know there's some nosy people in the kingdom of God. And what I find interesting about this story is that while they're interrogating and investigating Jesus, the Bible said that when they ask him if, if Jesus paid the temple tax, Peter automatically assumes that Jesus is going to pay the temple tax and he says yes. And as you will read the story, the story begins to develop and you begin to find out Jesus isn't necessarily bound to pay the temple tax. The other thing I want to show you is this. Not not only is it it something he's not bound to, it really goes back to Exodus 30 in the Old Testament. It's the first time that uh, this kind of requirement was given to the people of God to give back to the temple for two purposes. For temple upkeep, say temple upkeep. And for the worship of sacrifices in the temple. Now... If you go read about this temple tax, and I'm calling it a tax because that's really not what it started out as, and I'm getting ready to get into that. It started out in Exodus 30 verse 14 as a temple offering. Amen. Yes. How many know there's a difference between an offering and a tax? Yes. Amen. Oh, y'all not going to help nobody in here. I promise you there's a difference between an offering and a tax. If you don't give offering, we will not come get you. But if you don't give your taxes, somebody will. The IRS is very different than the church. Right? This was really not a tax. It began as an offering. Was supposed to be given every year when the census was taken. People were to give... An offering, you can read this, it's in Exodus 30 verses about 12 through 18. 14 is the scripture where it says that God required and wanted all the men 20 years and older to bring a temple offering for temple upkeep and for sacrifices that were being offered in the temple. So this was about initially investing in the kingdom and in the temple of God. It was an offering to be given. So that the temple could operate. How many of God's, God's house ought to operate in excellence? I, get, I, I, don't, I don't just get mad, I get amused sometimes with Christians who think they should invest in everything but the kingdom. Now, I didn't understand this growing up and, and y'all need to hold your breath if you don't like preachers who teach on giving from a biblical perspective because today I came to break it down. But I used to to wonder growing up, what does this mean when the preacher used to say, let me see your checkbook and I'll tell you who you love. I'm like, you ain't looking at my checkbook, come on. He wasn't wanting to look at my checkbook, What, what he wanted me to do was look at my checkbook. Because where you're giving your money is what is important to you. What you invest in is what you care about. Jesus said it like this, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So this was a a gift initially in Exodus 30. It was a gift given for the upkeep and the service worship of the temple. The temple where God put his name. The temple where God put his presence. The temple where God put his glory. The temple where God established his government. The temple where priests and Levites, singers and psalmists would gather to honor and worship Yahweh. The temple where God communed with his people between the two golden cherubim on the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. But the temple of the New Testament had become something very different than the temple that we read about in the Old Testament. For in the New Testament, political corruption had begun to sleep in, seep in. And in the New Testament, some of the priesthood had begun to engage in greed and avarice and had polluted the hearts of supposed spiritual leaders. It is the very reason why, nearly one week before his arrest and crucifixion, Jesus went into the temple, say temple, And he cleared it out of all who were buying and selling there. And he overturned the tables of money changers and the benches of those selling doves. And he spoke to the startled crowd and said, It is written, My Father's house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have transformed it into a den of thieves. Somebody say temple. Come on, talk to me. Say temple. In speaking of a house of prayer and a den of thieves, Jesus was reaching back into two Old Testament passages. In Isaiah 56 verse 7, God reminded his people that that he said, I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar there for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations." How many know that was the assignment of God on the temple? The problem was leadership gets to determine if the potential of God becomes released among a people and in a place. If you have godly, righteous leadership, then usually godly, righteous leaders will follow the word of the Lord and thus produce the desired outcome of the prophetic promise established over a place. But if you ever get corrupt leadership and corrupt priests and corrupt preachers in place of authority, then they transform the intended purpose of God and they turn a house of prayer for all nations into a den of thieves. This family is the condition of the temple. It was not a house of prayer as intended to be. I'm not saying that the temple itself was messed up. I'm saying the people who were running it was. And so the Bible said he came in and cracked a whip. Turned over some tables. Oh, meek little lowly Jesus. I'm telling you right now, when he got righteously indignant, something happened. The Bible said he turned the tables over and he loosed the dove, and that's what I think needs to happen in our day and time. There's some people that need to sit down. There's some there's some businesses going on in the name of the kingdom that need to be overturned, and we need to let the dove loose in the house again. That's what I believe needs. How many believe the dove needs to get loose in the house of the Lord again? We've tied the dove up, we've caged the dove in, we've hemmed the dove back. But I came to tell you, the dove is going to fly, the dove is going to move. The dove is going to have his way. The dove, the Holy Ghost, is moving in the church. And the temple of Jesus' day was a disturbing situation, which is why this story is all the more provocative to me. Jesus knew how messed up the temple was, and yet he is getting ready to make a supernatural provision to take care of it. Now, I want to talk to people who are listening to me in this room and watching me online. I want to confess to you there are some jacked up people in the church. I want to confess to you that there are some hypocrites in a church. I want to confess to you there are some double-minded preachers in pulpits in a church. But I want to tell you not everybody in the church is a hypocrite and not every preacher in the kingdom is some two-faced money taking something. There are godly people in this house, there are godly ministers in pulpits and the excuse that many people use to exempt themselves from coming to the house of God and taking care of the house of God is that they don't want to go to church with hypocrites well let me help you I'd rather go to church with a hypocrite than to hell with the hypocrite and some of you have got to lose your excuses and you've got to keep your priorities in order and remember this is still God's house and these are still God's people and there is no excuse for you or I to disconnect from the house of the Lord say amen or something I want to tell you right now, there are no excuses. There are people sitting in this room today. I love you enough to tell you, you can't try out 50 churches in your life and blame all churches that churches are mean and churches there. Listen, there are some mean people and there are some mean churches, but there are some sweet people and there are some loving churches and your excuses will not work. I know that's hard because I know that there is no church like church hurt. There is no hurt like church hurt, And I'm not trying to minimize someone's pain in here that you you experienced at another church. I've just come to tell you at some point you've got to let God heal you.
1: Amen. Yes.
0: Because it's still the temple and the house of the Lord. You can't run around your whole life bitter at the church and not everybody is like the people who hurt you. Jesus is getting ready to show us a profound principle. As messed up as the temple leadership was, it was still the house of God. And he was still going to supply to take care of the temple. And they said, does your master not pay the temple tax? Peter says, yes. And then Peter goes has to go home and deal with Jesus, who he spoke for. What's interesting is Jesus is operating in the Spirit because when Peter walks in the door, he already had a word of knowledge. He didn't even let Peter say anything. And Matthew was sitting there when this happened and he is writing about the story he saw happen in Peter's living room. Peter walked into his house and Jesus is sitting there and says, don't say anything, Matthew. Or don't say anything, Simon. But Simon, who pays the tax in the world? Do the sons or do the slaves and the foreigners? And he says, the foreigners, those who are not in the house. And Jesus looks at him and says, then the sons are free. Now watch this. But Jesus said, because I don't want them to be offended, I want you to go fishing. Now we get ready to go fishing one more time. This is the last fishing trip of the year, I think. Ironically, it's the only place in the entire Bible where Jesus goes fishing with a hook. Amen. I told you this. It's, it's not a net. It's a hook, which says something to me. It says that what God is getting ready to show Peter is not just a universal application. It is for somebody specific.
1: Amen. Yes. Ooh, Go ahead, break.
0: Here's what I have found about the deep things of God. Everybody wants to get in the net that's on the way to heaven. But when God goes searching for you with a hook, it's because he wants to deal with you personally. Okay, it got a little bit quiet here. Today is not a net Sunday. Today is a hook Sunday. And I've been preaching this for a few years now, so I just keep right on preaching it. When you go fishing with the hook, you start going fishing for a specific kind of fish. And today I'm fishing specifically for selfish fish. Uh oh I don't have no friends right now. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost for me. (laughs) Jesus is getting ready to go fishing, not for the multitude, but for the man. He's getting ready to show a principle that is to be activated not by the masses. Because here's what I found out in the kingdom. God is no respecter of a person. He will save anybody, but God is a respecter of principles. Have you ever seen two different people, both saved and on their way to heaven, both of them living two extremely different kinds of lives? Y'all talk to me, come on. One that got joy, peace, they got all the fruits being born. Everybody in the family's got peace. It just looks like, how can it be that good? And then you look at another Christian, their life is falling apart. Every time you ask them how they're doing three hours later, you are as depressed as they are. Why? Why? Not because God loves one more than the other, but because one of them decided I'm going to live by the principle of the kingdom rather than, or y'all are y'all listening to me right now? God is no respecter of a person, but he is a respecter of principle. He is no respecter of a person, but he does honor sacrifice and most people who are not walking in blessing most people who are not walking in joy most people who are not walking in peace are people who have lived selfish lives and not lived sacrificial lives and when you live that way you disable God from being able to bless you in the measure that he desires to bless you God is getting ready to go fishing for the one today I'm going fishing for just a few what's amazing is I don't know who they are and you don't either so it might as well be you He said, I want you to go fishing, Peter. This is going to be quick and painful. It's going to be painful, but quick at least. I want you to go fishing, Peter. And I want you to cast your hook in the water. And the first one that you catch, first is important. God is always interested in firsts. I don't even have time to go in this. It's a sermon all by itself. But God doesn't want what's left. God wants what's first. Do you understand that there was a reason the curse came upon the people of God in the Old Testament? It's because when they took a city and they didn't give the first of the city and the city itself back to God, God cursed the whole camp because of the sin of Achan. He stole from God what belonged to him. Are you listening to me this morning? And when you keep the first always represents the best. If you want to know, know what the most precious oil is from the olive, it's not the second press or the third press. It's always the first press. And what, uh, if you want to know what animal is the best, it's not the second or the third born, it's always the... Firstborn, why did God kill and allow to, 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 to death to come upon all of Egypt's firstborn? It was because Egypt's firstborn, they had put their confidence in the firstborn. It was who they thought would be raised up in the future to continually rule and dominate and, and, and make slaves out of Israel. Watch this. Not only did God take Israel's firstborn out, but it was the firstborn lamb that, that they was required. And the blood of that Passover lamb that was to be put over the lintel of the door that caused the death angel to pass over. And he didn't stop at Israel's house because there's power in the firsts. God said, I want the first fish. I want to tell somebody today the the, the point that I am trying to establish as the first point of this, no pun intended, the first point of this message is God wants your firsts. he doesn't want your leftovers I could take you to Malachi chapter 1 and remind you that God was pretty hot with the people of Israel who were bringing sacrifices to God and here's the problem, it's not that they weren't bringing God an animal for sacrificial worship, it's that they went into their field and they got the lamb that nobody wanted one of them was crippled, one lamb was blind, one had a blemish and instead of getting the firstborn and the purest, they got the leftover sacrifices, they trotted to the temple and they gave God what they would not give a governor and God said you want to bring me this kind of offering shut the I'm not making this up this is Malachi 1 he said shut the whole thing down am I not worthy to be worshipped with your best God doesn't want your broken sacrifice God doesn't want your leftover worship God doesn't want your lame praise God doesn't want your blind praise God wants you to bring him the very best that you have he wants the first not the last the last the leftover. Say amen. This is rough. But we are raising a generation of people. Okay, God, I hear you. It's called consumer Christianity. We review churches like we review restaurants. We hop on TripAdvisor and we act like we can tell everybody how good the experience was, and the restaurant was all about us. And so let us go down to the church and let us check out the new lights. Let us check out the new stage. Let us check out the smoke. Let us see how happy it makes us. And I want to tell you. We did not come here today to make anyone happy. We came here today because the King of Glory sits high and he looks low and he doesn't want our leftover, he wants our first. Say amen. God, I'm going to preach. I thought I'd talk, but I feel like hollering for a minute. I want to tell you right now, don't tell me that you don't have any energy. Don't tell me you're too tired. Don't tell me you can't focus. Don't tell me it's too loud. We huddle and we grab our lawn chairs and we stand in 110 degree weather and we fight off mosquitoes as big as pterodactyls to sit out in a concert and listen to somebody we paid $80 for sing songs that can't bring us through And we come to the house of. The Lord, and we sit there and look around. I'm tired, I'm hungry, I'm all well, out. My God, He doesn't deserve your last, He deserves your
1: first.
0: He deserves our best, He deserves our first. I will not give him anything that's a loboshatosha. I'm gonna give him my first. Brother Wallace, you just ran off all the new visitors. (laughs) Nope, I didn't run them off. I just set the house in order, family. I want people to love this church. I want to have the kind of worship service that attracts and draws. But at the end of the day... I didn't come, you didn't come, we didn't come because it's about us. Psalm fifteen, verse one reminds us, not unto us, but unto you, O Lord, be glory and honor forever, for your great mercy and for your truth. I don't know who I'm preaching to. God doesn't want your leftovers; He wants your first. Woo! I want to give him my first. Ain't nobody got to beg me. Ain't nobody got to even ask me. I want to give him my best. Why? Because he gave me his best. He said, go fishing and catch the first. Watch this. There's three applications. I'm going to give them to you real quick and I'm going to be done. The first one is the financial application of this text. Now, there's a financial application. Money is involved. Money is needed for an offering for the temple. And Jesus is getting ready to provide seed to the sower. Because that's what the Bible says he would do in 2 Corinthians 9. He gives seed to the sower. You don't eat seed. Serious. When's the last time you ate an apple seed pie? crazy. (laughs) Ain't nobody eats an apple seed pie. Ain't nobody who wants an apple getting ready to be satisfied on an apple seed. But there's a lot of people in the house of the Lord who eat the seed. Don't get mad. Listen, I'm not mad. I'm trying to set you free. When I was growing up, I was 17 years old, Dethra Seymour, before I ever heard my first sermon on a tithe. I lived 17 years before somebody told me the truth about tithing. All he wants is my money. Let me help you. I don't want your money. I want you to give God what belongs to him because that's when you get blessed. He said, bring the first up. And the first layer of this is financial. God is about to give seed to Peter to sow into the temple because God gives seed to sowers. Now, I pray for people all the time who don't have money to give when they come to this church. But here's what I say, Lord, give sowers seed. But now, if God's going to give you a seed, please do the right thing with it. You don't need seed. How do you know if it's a blessing or a seed? The question is, does it meet the need? Amen. Keep sowing until you have all the harvest you need. Amen. <laughs> How many still got some miracles you need financially? Then you better stay a sower. Amen. This is tough, I know. He said, I want you to bring it in, watch, and I want you to open his mouth and take the coin. This is the craziest thing I've ever read in the Bible. Take the coin out of the fish's mouth. On On a financial level, God is getting ready to supernaturally provide for Peter and Jesus. Because when God gets ready to bless you, don't miss this. He will always bless you in such a way that you are able to bless someone else. He could have put a coin in one fish's mouth and a coin in another fish's mouth and said, catch two. The first one is yours and the second one is mine. But he said, catch one. The first one you bring out, the one coin in the mouth is going to be enough to take care of both of us. God will connect your miracle to somebody else's. To keep you from being stingy. Can you imagine some people in the church how they would have treated that coin? Can I run down there to the store and split that thing in half? Let me get some. Let me get some change for this coin. Can you give me four? This is one shekel. Let me break this down for you. What this coin was? This one. This one coin was one shekel. The temple. The temple payment per man was half a shekel. Okay, so so actually it was a quarter of a shekel because it was two days wages. So what they needed was they needed one whole shekel for both of them. When God blessed Peter, he he put enough in one fish's mouth to take care of Jesus' need and Peter's need. He could have split it up, but he didn't because jesus was saying to peter you take care of me and take care of you when god's blessing comes on a people it is not just about one or two catching it i declare to you when god's blessing hits a house it's about everybody in the house walking in the provision of god i believe that with all my heart for those who will walk in obedience now that's the financial level I, i could spend more time there but i'm not going to i'm going to move on because there's another level it's the evangelism level the other thing that you could say about this text is that if you go fishing for lost people, God is going to put with, even in the lost people, in the mouth of lost fish, God is going to bring blessing to your life. Amen. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to figure out which way I want to go right here. Because there's a lot of people who said sassy things, you know, you know, you can't build no church down there in the inner city. There ain't enough money. That's because you don't know where to fish. You go fishing for people and love everybody no matter where they come from, how they smell, what they look like, what they've done last night. If you just love people and win the loss, God will honor your evangelistic spirit and meet the needs of the house. I'll never forget the time a preacher come up to me and said, why don't you let me borrow a hundred of your members? Them good time paying members. I'm like, well, first of all, no. Secondly, many of them who are paying tithes now were on drugs two years ago. What we really want is people who give money without the maintenance of discipleship. But when you really love people, God will raise up an army of generosity out of people who had nothing and came from nothing. And then when he blessed them, they know who to give it back to. It was the Lord. Let Let me say a few things. Oh, I'm good. My Lord, I'm early. Let me say a few things. I'll never forget... My first sermon as a pastor, I was 22 years old. You've heard this a hundred times, Elder. And in the middle of my, I remember the first sermon I ever preached at the church when I was 22 years old. I remember it to this day. It was Matthew. It was a story about the five loaves and the two fish. And I was up there. I'm 22 years old. I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm hollering. God is about to send the harvest in and we're getting ready to see people come in red, yellow, black, and white and millionaire and welfare and our walls are going to get dirty because the kid's hands and our carpet's going to have to be replaced because the harvest is coming in and people are going to get saved. Wow, glory! And nobody was excited. In fact, in the middle of all that ranting, somebody got up and stormed out. I was there, I know it. He stormed out She went right behind him. Now, me being 22, now you got to understand, at that time, the annual budget, the annual budget for the whole year was $75,000. For the whole year. Whole year, y'all. And one man got up and stormed out in the middle of my first sermon and $15,000 went with him. And I'm just 22. I got a baby in Devin's nine months pregnant. She's getting ready to have another one. Lord, she was ready to have it too. She's up there singing, pregnant as, just pregnant as pregnant can be. I'm playing the drums, get off the drums, run over and take the offering, go back to the drums, get off the drums, go preach and pray for people and pray for a drummer. And I'm up there just hauling off and the man gets up and storms out. So I call him that afternoon. I said, hey brother, I noticed y'all left in a, you know, pretty big fit today. I'm making sure everybody's all right. I thought somebody might be dying the way y'all left. (laughs) He said, no, I'm not all right. That's what he said to me. You are crazy and we will never be back. Now I'm 22 years old. That devastated me. I mean, it broke my heart and I went into an insecurity issue I started fighting the devil and fighting my mind, and I'm thinking, my God, I'll be here one Sunday, and I killed the budget in one Sunday. <laughs> I called my overseer, I said, I'm resigning. He said, what, you've been there two weeks. I said, I know, but I am not cut out for this. I done ticked the biggest giver off. He said, you, you quit that. You get back in there Sunday, get back in the saddle, boy, preach the gospel. Stand up, I said, oh God, I feel like Storming hell with the water pistol. That lasted about two days. Sunday, come around again, woe is me. Wake up on Monday, hanging around. Nothing to do but frown. Rainy days and Mondays always get me down. Y'all ever heard that song? Never mind. Okay. It was rough. Here's what happened. I kept on preaching. And I kept on telling the truth. Oh my God, I feel the Holy Ghost on me right here. And I kept on preaching Jesus and telling lost people Jesus loves them. And I kept on loving everybody red, yellow, black, and white. And I kept on loving the rich and the poor. I'm gonna tell you what happened. A drug addict drove by. He, his life was falling apart he came in and sat on a back row one Sunday and the Lord turned his life around that man began to tithe off of a massive business that he had I won't go into it it was a very very legal business it wasn't a drug business but it was a very legal business and he began to tithe off of his business one man took $15,000 out the door and God sent another man who started paying $100,000 in tithes a year wait hold on Sit down. You can shout with me in a minute, but this is what that means. I have come too far to be handicapped and hijacked by a carnal church member who thinks they're going to be a church boss and own me with their money. I have seen the Lord provide, and if you don't give to him, he will raise up some ravens and some fish and put a coin in their mouth, and he will bless the work of his hands. Say amen. That don't mean I don't want you to give. It just means we're not going to be hijacked by church bosses. Tell the truth, Wallace. That's what he told me. Tell the truth. Preach the truth. Because I found out when you start getting desperate for money, you'll start watering things down. Well, why, listen, if you say that, they won't give. I'm going to tell the truth in love, and I'm going to trust that the truth is going to take care of our hearts, and we're going to be more generous than we've ever been in our life. I'm almost done. He went fishing, and out of the evangelism, God blessed the work of the ministry. Now, the last one is this. He went fishing with a hook. And what the fish didn't know is that God was taken from being a consumer to a producer. No, no, no. God was taking the fish from being a consumer. Can you imagine being a big old fish in the Sea of Galilee? (laughs) Swimming through the Sea of Galilee and a coin fell out of somebody's boat one day. And it's tumbling through the water of the Sea of Galilee. And the sun hits the coin and the coin begins to glisten. And the fish says, I see a shiny thing. that coin and immediately becomes a consumer and that's where a lot of people in the church are they're consuming flashy fine things but God is about to turn you into a producer instead of a consumer Lord who am I talking to Lord who am I talking to who am I talking to in here today You, I declare this over every person in this building. You are not going to have to run around your whole life with your hand out depending on somebody to bless you and meet your needs. In fact, there's somebody in here paying rent right now. You're getting ready to be a landlord. You're not going to pay somebody else's bill. You're getting ready to own the whole house. Hallelujah. Here's the thing. Can you imagine having, being the fish? Just go along with me for a minute. Imagine being the fish with a coin in your mouth. You can't eat nothing else. Watch this. God put the coin in the fish. Don't miss it. And then sent an apostle to catch the fish. And the apostle had to open up the... F- That's who Peter was. Peter was not just a fisherman. Peter was an apostle. What God is trying to show us here is that an apostolic adorning will go catch people who have greatness on the inside of them. And the only thing they're waiting on is somebody to open up their mouth and pull out wow oh, stop. Yeah. Who am I talking to in here? There are some of you that got gold on the inside of you and you don't even know it's in there and God sent you into this house so that we could open up what God is doing and reach his life that fish ran around consuming one day he consumed a coin and God was about to transform the fish from a consumer to a producer the only thing is you got to have somebody anointed to open you up and to reach in and pull out the thing God has put inside of you Shonda my that's why you got to be in church. That's why you got to get connected to the right house. Wherever it is, you got to be planted because God will send you into a place. He knows exactly what kind of anointing you need to open up your life. Reach in and pull the great thing out of you God has put inside of you. You know where the greatest potential is found? Not in the diamond mines of Africa. The greatest potential is found right down the road in the graveyard. Amen. Wasted potential of people who could have shandama Kosaya and should have done great things for God. Who am I talking to? But never allowed somebody to reach down into them and pull out the amazing thing. Let me help you. Everyone stand up real quick. Turn around and put your hand on your seat. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Put your hand on your seat. Do you feel that warm spot? That is not your only contribution to the kingdom of God. Amen. I'm through preaching, so don't sit back down. That is not your only contribution to the kingdom of God. You were not called to warm up pew, sir. You were not called to warm up pew, ma'am. You were not called to come up here and take up space. You were fearfully humble and wonderfully made. When God made you, he broke the mold and he threw it away. You're not an accident. You might have been a surprise, but you're not an accident. God saw you and created you fearfully and wonderfully before your Mama ever met your daddy at the hot dog stand. God knew what he wanted to do in your life. I'm so I'm so intent on making sure this house, if we don't do anything else, God give us a grace to open up lives and reach in and pull out. I break a mentality off of some of us right now, a mentality of dependency. The Holy Ghost began to talk to me this past week about breaking a poverty mentality. In this city, we're going to have to break a poverty mentality because there are people who have been trained to believe That they are waiting in somebody else's line, hoping that somebody pays attention to them and they walk around their whole life thinking nobody's looking at me. I want to tell you who is looking at you. His name is Jesus. You don't have to do anything to get his approval, baby. You don't have to dress a certain way. You don't have to reveal yourself. You don't have to give your body away. You don't, oh, y'all better say amen. Sir, you don't have to work yourself to death to get his approval. You don't have to kill yourself with the American dream to get his approval. Some of us just need to let him catch us. Catch me, Lord. Thank you for the apostolic grace to reach in pull out a measure of productivity. I declare in your transition, you don't know what's on the inside of you yet, but the Holy Ghost said, he put it in there as a young girl, he put a grace inside of you and you're still wondering how and when and the Holy Ghost is getting ready to open you up. And you're getting ready to see some things are down on the inside of you, young lady. You didn't even know we inside of your spirit. I want to pray for people right now. This is what I feel the Holy Ghost lead leading me to do. And it might be one young lady. It might be two young men. I don't know. Can we get this out the way? I feel the anointing to pray for people right now who need a mentality of lack to be broken off of your life. Let me have, let me, hold, hold, hold. Here's how you know if you have a mentality of lack. If you never see yourself succeeding, if you never see yourself blessed, if you never see yourself overcoming, if you never see yourself driving a car that you own, living in a house that you bought, having a job that pays very good and blessing on top of all that, if you never see your children blessed, if you never see yourself outside of what you've always been stuck in, you have a mentality of lack. And today God wants to break some stuff off your mind. You are more than a consumer you're a producer that's why god pulled abraham outside of a tent when he wanted to abraham to see what his future looked like he said i can't show you what i want to show you about your future inside this tent so come on out here underneath the sky And look up at the stars. See all them stars? That's how productive your loins are going to be. I've come to tell you some of you have reduced in your mind the expectation of your future because a black mentality has saddled your mind and your thinking and you're always seeing yourself struggle and today God wants to break some people free. While I'm preaching this, I'm fighting some demons, and I'm not scared of one of them. I'm telling you right now, I wrestled this demon. Uh huh. I was raised four blocks from here, right over there on East 34th Street, by the White Star Laundry, and right behind Darby's J.C. Quick Stop, little 700 square foot home that stands condemned to this day. I was born in this area, and this listen—it's a mentality, and it tries to get on you and tell you you're always gonna be broke, you're always gonna be depressed, you're always gonna be sick, you're always gonna be mad because somebody else got it better than you. The devil. Is a liar. God is about to bless your life.
1: Shout! Shout!
0: If you receive increase, shout! I never shut your toe. If I'm talking to you. And a mentality of lack needs to be broken off of your life. Come stand in the altar right now. Hurry, hurry. Don't be ashamed of it. I know what it's like. I used to be there. But today that thing is coming off your mind in the name of the Lord. It's a mentando or Koshaya. He is getting ready to break for you. It's getting ready to break off of your life. Come on, sweetheart. It's getting ready to break. while well, you coming. I see it falling off of your life. I see that thing being broken. How oh, sister? God is getting ready to make it ahead and not but I bless you. I bless Oh, shut up. In the name of the Lord, bless it. Bless it. I break it off her of mind now. I break it off her of mind now. Woo. I break it off his mind now. Loosen. Look, come on, bring the Holy Ghost church. Pray in the Holy Ghost, church. Pray in the Holy Ghost all over the house right now. Somebody lift your hands and begin to worship God. Tiffany, he's breaking it off of you, baby, right now. I loose you in the name of the Lord. I loose you in the name of the Lord. I break that lack thing. Somebody give me some oil. Somebody give me some oil. Pray. Pray. Lift your hands up all over the house. God wants to do something. That's why some of you have been fighting warfare all morning and week long. I believe God has an appointment, a, an appointment with every person in this house. And he's getting ready to shift some thinking and change some mindsets. And the enemy does not want to let you go. But I command them to loose you in the name of the Lord. I loose your sweetheart in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I bless you in the name of Jesus. In the name the minds are being delivered from strongholds right now. Oh, shut up. Woo. Loosen. Okay. I so Lord want to be faithful to you. And I feel like God told me, I'm starting with the, I got to start with the right person. And I may be one million miles off and I will humble myself before the Lord. But I hear the Lord saying to me, there's a woman in here, last name Johnson. Last name Johnson. That's somewhere wanting to be prayed for. For this prayer line. Who is it? In here somewhere? Johnson first and last name? I don't know. I just heard a woman named Johnson. Raise your hand if I'm talking to you. You're in the back. Come here, sweetheart come here please she's coming Johnson I didn't know where she was pray church just pray for a moment hey sweetheart I don't know you very well but I know you Tell me something about why the Lord, are you blessed? You've been blessed all your life. I wondered why the Lord would have me pray for you. And I just found out why. Because there's some people in here that need to hear you've been blessed all your life. And they're getting ready to be blessed all their life. And I know your sweet spirit, you don't think you deserved any of this, do you? And he's been good to you anyway, hasn't he? So somebody needs to hear this. Sister Johnson is testifying that God has blessed her all her life. And she didn't deserve it, but she's thankful for it. Give her a tissue. She's crying. Sister Johnson, I want you to stretch your hands just out that way over the congregation right now. Father. Me and Sister Johnson stretch our hands over these beautiful people today. That's the Holy Ghost, Sister Johnson. Pray in the Holy Ghost, Sister Johnson. It's breaking off. It's breaking off. It's it's breaking off. It's breaking off. It's breaking off. It's, breaking off. it's, breaking off. it's Just pray, Sister Johnson. A blessing is coming. Blessing is falling. Increase is coming right now. Hallelujah! Keep praying, Sister Johnson. Keep praying. All of your life. All of your life. All of your life. Michaeline, all of your life, baby. All the days of your life. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I'm feeling something I know you're not feeling yet, but you're going to have to trust me because I love you. It's on you. (sighs) Jesus, every chain broken. Every chain broken. Every chain broken now, baby. In the name of Jesus. Pray. In the Holy Ghost, pray. Come on. Mindset change now. Mindset. Bless you all the days of your life bless you all the days of your life, bless you all the days of your life, bless you all the, I break a lack mentality off of the families right now, loose, come on people of God, pray with me, there's blessing flow, you're moving from a consumer mentality, to a producer man to increase, oh shout, oh, my God! Yes, Lucer, Lusa, Lusa, Come on, John, you can sing, Hallelujah, Increase, increase, increase. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The whole family, the whole family, the whole family, the whole family,
1: the whole family. The whole family. I break. A
0: lack mentality off my friend today, God. Loose him and let the truth make us free. Now, Jesus, Jesus, that's him. Sir. I break that mentality off your life now in the name of Jesus. I declare increase over you now. Loose now, release now. It's in, it's in you. It's in you. It's in you. We have this treasure
1: in earthen vessels.
0: Woo! Jesus, loosen, increase, increase, break this mentality of life,
1: break that interdependency of all people and things. Shut up! Oh, yes! Not on my outside. This of life.
0: Broken, broken,
1: broken. So broken. Oh, no, oh, stop, stop. Increase, oh. Increase, increase.
0: He's more than enough. He's not just enough. He's more, enough. Me, me, He's more
1: than Lord, enough. He's be more than enough. He's more than enough. Come on. He's I'm more than enough. He's more than enough.
0: I'm ready to, I'm to cast pass my name.
1: Excuse me, Lord. Oh. There's gotta be more. Oh, there's so go. much, there's so much more. There's so much more. There's so much more. more. There's, there's so much more. There's so much more. There's so much more. Broken, much more rest so on, the rest you the so way. So now, no. 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 so the boys, all the, all the boys, all the whole house. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let, let me You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me You're never gonna let You're never gonna let me
0: Listen to me really closely. We're getting ready to go. In order to break a mentality, you have to reestablish a new one. I prayed for you today and broke something, but now you have to establish something. I can't establish it for you, but I can tell you what the scripture says about words and about declaration and decree. Whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Colossians, I mean Colossians here, whatsoever things are of a good report, think on these things what you and I decide to think about will determine what kind of life we live I broke, and I believe this, I believe a Man or woman of God can pray for you and break something off of your life by the anointing. But many times we don't extend or sustain the blessing and the breakthrough because we don't re-establish a new paradigm and a new way of operating. And I want to say this to you before we go today. You and I need to begin to declare God's Word and God's favor over our lives when it looks like we're blessed and favored and when it looks like hell is breaking loose. Because you're not just blessed when you feel good. You are still the devil's worst nightmare on your worst day. I believe that. So we're going to do something before we go. Lift your hands straight up in the air. Say, I declare. declare, And I I believe that because God is good, And I'm his child. My mind is blessed. My body is whole. My finances are blessed. My relationships will be blessed. My children will be blessed. My whole house is blessed. I'm blessed from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. This year, this year, I declare and I believe it will be the greatest year of my life. More favor, more favor, more open doors, more opportunity, and greater anointing in me than ever before. In Jesus' name, amen now praise God all over the house praise God praise God hallelujah you're never 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 gonna
1: let me down Come on! Never
0: gonna let me Woo! The breakthrough right here. Do it again, you never. down, thank you Holy Ghost, I need to obey God, put them down, put them down, I'm ahead of God every head bowed, every eye closed Jesus if you're in this room and you stayed because you was hoping I would give an opportunity for someone lost to come home and you need Jesus to save you today it doesn't matter how far away from him you feel it doesn't matter what you've done wrong Today is a day of grace and salvation. If you'll say yes to him, he's already said yes to you. I'm I'm counting to three, and if I'm talking to you right now, and you need Jesus to become the Lord of your life, lift your hand when I say three. Say, Pastor Kevin, would you pray for me? One, two, three, right now. Lift your hand. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I see that hand, young man. Everyone look at me. Put your hand down. Everyone look at me. It may just be for one, but I'm glad I waited on one. I want you to look at the person on your left and on your right, and I want you to ask them this simple question. I don't care if you've known them your whole life or you never met them before today. Look over and say, do you need someone to go pray with you? And if you lifted your hand, or you should have, when they ask you that question, come meet me right here, we're going to pray together right now. If you lifted your hand, or you should have, ask your neighbor all over the house. Come here, sweetie. Come here, sweetie. Come here, buddy. Come here, buddy. Anybody at all? Yeah, that's why we came. Come everybody. Anybody else? I knew you was gonna get saved. Come on. Anybody else? Come on, little man. Anybody else? Stretch your hands toward the pastors. Come help me, please. Elders, come help me, please. Stretch your hands and pray for them. Somebody's still coming. Come on, somebody. That's family. That's family. Come on, y'all. We got time. We'll wait all day on you. Come on. Come on, sir. Come on. We got, We hey, this table's got room for everybody. Come on. We'll wait. We'll wait. We'll wait. We're family. Come on. We're family. Stretch your hands. I need some pastors and leaders to come help me right now. Stretch your hand and pray for them like you wanted somebody to pray for you the day you gave your heart to Jesus. Pastors, help me pray for them right now, would you? Come help me. Jesus, we thank you. Make sure everybody got somebody talking to them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Just two more minutes of praying for them. Prayer partners are going to lead them to the Lord right now. God, we thank you. There, by faith, see my sight, and now I... sing the chorus one more time as they pray at the cross. so